Good morning and welcome to worship. The warmest of welcomes to this baptismal service. If you're worshipping with us for the first time, uh, then a special welcome to you and to Katie's family who've joined us to witness her baptism. An extra special welcome uh, to you. The Lord calls us to worship this morning in the words of the psalmist, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, who cover yourself with light as with a garment, who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. Let us worship God as we join together in singing our opening hymn, O Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder with the refrain, How great thou art, will stand as soon as the music begins, ready to sing our opening hymn.
Let's all pray together. O Lord our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, we worship you, uh, for you are God, and uh, uh, there is none like you. O Lord, you are holy, and uh, we are sinful. And yet we thank you that we may approach you in and through your Son, our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, pleading his precious shed blood and his a perfect, a spotless righteousness. We thank you for the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he came into the world to save sinners, that he lived and died and rose again to buy our pardon that he has ascended up on high, that he is seated at your right hand, that one day he shall come again as the king upon the clouds uh, to judge uh, the living and uh, the dead, and that all who trust in him shall be saved not only for now, but also for ever. We thank you, O Lord, for your goodness and mercy, which have followed us all the days of our lives. We thank you for being with us through another week, for bringing us to another Lord's Day, for this opportunity to gather together, uh, that together uh, we might worship you. And we thank you that this service is a baptismal service. We thank you that Katie is to be baptized. We thank you for her. We thank you uh, for your work in her heart and life and for bringing her uh, to uh, this point. We pray that you would uh, richly bless her, not just this morning, but this day, this week, and in all her future days. Be with her and Noah. Bless them as a couple, we pray. And be with all her uh, wider uh, family and with the church family here and with every other uh, church uh, represented in this congregation uh, this morning. Bless your people across the nation and to the ends of the earth, O Lord, uh, we pray. We do ask that you would be with each one as we gather. Some may be up, some may be down. Some may have hearts full of joy. Others may have hearts breaking with sadness. But you know everything there is to know about us, O Lord. You know us better than we know ourselves. And so we pray that you would deal kindly and compassionately with us as you always do. And that you would meet us each one at the point and in the reality of our need those who would love to be here but can't for one reason or another do be with them where they are and bless them too O lord we pray and we commit this whole service to you may it have your smile upon it from beginning to end and would you bless the preaching of your gospel that it might be in the power of the holy spirit sent down from heaven we commit this whole day to you all the activities that will be taking place our informal fellowship together and And we commit the coming week to you as day follows day. Uh, We do not know what a day shall bring forth, but you know the end from the beginning. So may we trust in you moment by moment, we pray, as we ask these our prayers in our Saviour's precious name. Amen. This is a baptismal service, and you might be wondering what it is we're going to do and what it is you're about to witness. Therefore, you might appreciate a word or two of explanation about Christian baptism. From God's Word, the Bible, let's say five things. Number one, Jesus was himself baptized by John the Baptist. Therefore, as Christians, 
we follow our Saviour's example. We read at the beginning of Mark's Gospel, it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. So Jesus was himself baptized by John the Baptist. Therefore, as Christians, we follow our Saviour's example. Number two, Jesus instituted Christian baptism in his great commission. Therefore, as Christians, we obey our Lord's command. At the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So Jesus instituted Christian baptism in his great commission. Therefore, as Christians, we obey our Lord's command. Number three, baptism pictures what Christ has done for sinners. His death and resurrection washing away our sin. Paul writes to the Romans in Romans chapter 6, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So baptism pictures what Christ has done for sinners, his death and resurrection washing away our sin. Number four. Baptism doesn't and can't make anyone a Christian. Rather, baptism is for those who've become Christians. At the end of Mark's Gospel, Jesus says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who believes not will be condemned. So baptism doesn't and can't make anyone a Christian. Rather, baptism is for those who've become Christians. And last but not least, number five. In baptism, Christ, Christians publicly own Christ as theirs, and Christ publicly owns genuine Christians as his. In the words of the Song of Songs, my beloved is mine, and I am his. So in baptism... Christians publicly own Christ as theirs, and Christ publicly owns genuine Christians as his. Now as we head towards Katie's uh, baptism, we're going to join in singing our uh, second hymn, Jesus and shall it ever be a mortal man ashamed of thee. Again, we'll stand as soon as the music begins.
be seated. In a moment, I'm going to invite Katie to join me here in the pool. As soon as Katie begins to come out of the water, Alan will give us the note and we'll go straight into the singing of the next hymn, Thine Be the Glory, remaining seated. Then after we've sung that hymn, Alan will play the introduction for the following hymn, And Can It Be?, if you'd like to stand uh, for the singing of that hymn. Thank you. Katie, would you like to come and join me, please, in the pool? Katie, some words for you from Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Katie, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? I do. Do you believe that Christ bore your sins in his own body on the tree? I do. And do you promise with God's help to live for him who both died and lives again for you? I do. Thank you. Katie, upon your profession of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Let me repeat the welcome. It's a great joy to have each one here who's gathered with us for this special uh, baptismal uh, service. Uh, children uh, may go to creche and young church uh, during the singing of the next hymn. And then after the service, there will be coffee and cake uh, served in the church hall just to the rear of the car park. And we encourage uh, all to stay and to share informal fellowship with us after the service. The afternoon children's groups are at 2.30 and our evening service at the regular time of 6 o'clock. This week that will include communion and the preacher this evening is Richard Brooks, one of our own church members. Some notices for the week, the Lord willing. Youth discipleship group tomorrow, Monday at 6.30, kindly hosted by Sue Emus in her home. Coffee morning on Tuesday at 10.30, and now we have a coffee morning just about every Tuesday morning of the year at 10.30, but tomorrow's will be a little bit different. Once a month from January to July, instead of having one of us give a talk at the end of the coffee morning, we're going to be playing the videos from the Christianity Explored course. So we're not running the Christianity Explored course at the coffee morning. We've run the course before and we'd gladly run the course again. But we're, we're showing the 10, 12 minute videos uh, from uh, the course. Uh, one at a time, uh, as I say, once a month from January to July. So tomorrow is the first of those. We have some of these uh, invitation uh, cards uh, available. I was going to say that they're on the table. It's normally over there that is now uh, just inside there, but perhaps we can open that after the service so people can get anything they need uh, from from the table. Uh, But uh, Christianity Explored video at the coffee morning this Tuesday. Do uh, think and pray about who you might be able to invite along uh, to that. On Tuesday evening, it's our week for being all together here in the church for our Bible study and prayer meeting at 7.45. Babies and toddlers, Wednesday at 1.30, Kids Connect for the Children, Wednesday at 7, and Rooted for the Teens, Friday at 7.15. Next Sunday, the Lord willing, the services will be at the usual times of 10.30 in the morning and 6 o'clock in the evening. And again, communion will be part of the evening service. We're going to sing our next hymn. Uh, This one was chosen by Katie on the occasion of her baptism. What gift of grace is Jesus, uh, my Redeemer, uh, with the refrain, Yet not I, uh, but through Christ in me. The next hymn.
Let's hear God's word. Our Bible reading this morning is to be found in John's Gospel and chapter 10. Uh, John 10, and we're going to read from verse 7 as far as verse 16. John's Gospel, chapter 10, beginning to read at verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Amen. And may the Lord bless his word to our hearts by his gracious Holy Spirit. Jesus says in John's Gospel chapter 10 and the second half of the 10th verse, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Or as another English translation puts it, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Life is precious. Every life is precious. From the life of the unborn child in its mother's womb to the life of the centenarian in their care home. But none of us wants a life that's mere existence. We all have an inbuilt desire to live life to the full. So our theme from God's word for a few minutes this morning is life in all its fullness. As together we ask the question, what does it mean to really live? Three things. Number one, life means Jesus. Life means Jesus. Does that surprise you? Perhaps it doesn't. Perhaps you're thinking to yourself, well, you're a preacher. You would say that, wouldn't you? But perhaps it does surprise you. Because many people think that life, true life, real life, means staying Well away from Jesus. 
If you want to really live, they think, well, don't get too close to Jesus. Isn't Jesus just about rules? Isn't Christianity all about restrictions? I want to be free, people think. So I'm going to stay well away from Jesus. But Jesus says in our text this morning, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Or we might say, to the max. Jesus is talking about a life that is deeper, higher, richer, and fuller than mere existence. Yes, be in no doubt about it, physical life is a gift from God. To live at all is a blessing, and to enjoy life is a good thing. But Jesus is talking about spiritual life. He's talking about eternal life. He's talking about life that just gets better and better. He's talking about spiritual life. Not just the life of the body, but the life of the soul. He's talking not just about being alive on the outside, but being alive on the inside too. He's talking about being alive to God. Spiritual life. And Jesus is talking about eternal life. Not just a few short decades on the earth. But all the forevers of forever in heaven. That's what Jesus offers. He offers something you can't find anywhere else. That's what Jesus offers you this morning. Life. Real life. Spiritual life. Eternal life. Life to the full, life to the max. Life means Jesus. Number two, life means death. Life means death. Does that surprise you? Perhaps it doesn't. Perhaps you're thinking to yourself, well, it's just typical. The preacher can't talk about life without mentioning death. But perhaps it shouldn't surprise you. Because we've all been born. And sooner or later, we must all die. It's often been said, hasn't it, that the one certainty in life is death. And it's not morbid to face up to that reality. And here in John 10, Jesus speaks about our life in the context of his death. He talks about giving us abundant life, life to the full, life to the max. And he goes on in the very next verse, verse 11, to say, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. 
I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. That's significant. The name I am being a name for God. Jesus here clearly identifying himself as, as the Son of God. And one of his seven I am sayings. We read one earlier in the reading. I am the door. Here's another. I am the good <laughs> shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And he contrasts himself as the good shepherd with the hireling of whom he's talked in the first half of verse 10. The hireling, the thief, etc. He contrasts himself with the hireling, with what we might call the hired hand. You see, understand the difference between the good shepherd and the hired hand. The hired hand gives the sheep for his life. He will sacrifice the sheep in order to save his own life. But the good shepherd, he gives his life for the sheep. He will sacrifice his own life in order to save his sheep. Jesus died that we might live. Jesus died that you might trust in him. Jesus died that trusting in him, you might be saved. That's what Calvary was all about, the cross, uh, 2,000 years ago. Why did Jesus allow himself to be crucified on the side of a hill outside the city of Jerusalem? He was giving his life for us. He was dying that we might live, that through his death we might have everlasting life. But as we think about life meaning death, it's not just about Jesus dying for our sin. It is that, but it's not just that. It's also about us dying to our sin. Jesus dies for our sin, then we die to our sin. We've just witnessed uh, Katie's uh, baptism. And as we baptized Katie, she went down into the water, didn't she? It was as if she was buried in the water uh, just uh, for a second or two. And uh, the going down into the water in Christian baptism is representative both of Jesus' death and burial, that Jesus died and was buried for our sin, but also that when we trust in Jesus' death for our sin, then by virtue of our union with him, by being united to him in his death, it is also a picture of us dying to sin, dying to our old lives. So that when somebody becomes a Christian, they trust in the fact that Jesus died for them. And united to him, they die to their sin. To become a Christian is to say in your heart, my sin deserves death. It is to say in your heart, it took Jesus' death to pay for my sin. 
And more than that, it is to say in your heart, I now hate my sin. I want to break up with my sin. I want to turn from my sin, what the Bible calls repentance. I want to turn my back on my old life. I want to live a new life with the Lord Jesus Christ. So you see, life means death. We can't really live until we've properly come to terms with death. That we needed Jesus to die for our sin. And that when we trust in what he did upon the cross, we can die to our sin. We can turn from it. And we can live a new life. So you're still with me. We've said number one, life means Jesus. And number two, life means death. Now, number three, life means resurrection. Life means resurrection. Because we all know that Jesus died. But we also know that his tomb is empty. Jesus rose from the dead. And he is alive forever and ever. The Bible says he has the power of an endless life. And it's Jesus' resurrection that seals the deal of our salvation. Yes, as we've said, we needed him to die for our sin. But we also needed him to rise from the dead. If he had just died and never risen, then death would have won. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus has won. He took on sin and death and hell upon the cross. He died, he was buried, but he rose again from the dead, triumphant and uh, victorious. Again, we've just witnessed Katie's baptism. And I'm sure she was relieved, and I'm sure her mum and dad were relieved, and we were all relieved that she didn't just go down into the water. But that no sooner had she gone down into the water than that she came back up, out of the water. Yes, she went down into the water, but she's not still under there. She came back up and out. And if going down into the water is representative of our union with Christ in his death. He died for our sin, we die to our sin. Then coming up out of the water pictures our union with Christ in his resurrection and that as he has risen and is alive forevermore, so we too have new, spiritual, eternal, everlasting life through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We die to sin, but we also live to righteousness. That, you see, is the great exchange that happens when somebody becomes a Christian. Jesus takes from us, but he also gives to us. He takes from us that which we are better off without, namely our sin. But he gives to us that which we can't do without, namely his Righteousness. He takes all that's wrong with us and gives us everything that's right with him. He takes our sin and he gives his 
righteousness. So that God no longer sees us as we were in our sin and disapproves. But rather he now sees us as completely new. Clothed in the perfect spotless righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he smiles upon us for all eternity. Life you see means resurrection. Let me just develop this a little bit more. This resurrection life that the new Christian has. It means to live for Christ on earth. No longer are you living for yourself, but you're living for him. No longer is life all about your agenda and your priorities and where you want to go and what you want to do. But it's all about pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ who loved you and who gave himself for you. This resurrection life, it means to live for Christ on earth. But it means more than that. It also means... One day to live with Christ in heaven. You see, before we become Christians, we are are living a, a diminishing life, if I can put it that way. A life which, however good uh, and however rewarding and however enjoyable, is ultimately petering out. Death awaits us. And beyond the grave, a lost eternity. But when we come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the very opposite is the case. We are not living a diminishing life, but a growing, increasing, flourishing life. Yes, we may get older and weaker and frailer so long as we are in this world. But we no longer have to fear death. Because the other side of the grave is not a a lost eternity, but heaven and glory and being with Jesus forever and uh, forever. So there is this sense in which for the Christian, life just gets better and better. Doesn't mean life isn't sometimes very difficult. Doesn't mean life isn't sometimes very hard. But what hope we have and what joy we can have, even in the darkest valley, because of the hope we have upon the horizon. So this resurrection life, it means to live for Christ on earth. More than that, it means ultimately to live with Christ in heaven. Let me put it this way. It means, friend, if you would become a Christian this morning, if you would understand that life means Jesus, life means death, life means resurrection, if you would enter to enter into this new life that Jesus offers... It means to live as you've never lived before. To live as you've never lived before. That's a testimony of every true Christian. Oh, they thought they lived once before they were saved. But then they trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And it was then, they would say, that they began to to really live. It was from that point onwards that they began to live as they had never lived before. Before, to be at peace with God. What a wonderful thing that is. Because you're at peace with God, to be at peace with yourself, in your own mind, in your own heart. 
What a wonderful blessing that is. And because you're at peace with God and at peace with yourself, to be able to do your uttermost, to be at peace with, with others. What a wonderful blessing that is as well. To live this life of hope, of peace, and of joy. It is truly to live as you have never lived before. So we're thinking this morning about life in all its fullness. This abundant life of which Jesus speaks. Life to the full, life to the max. It's the life we all want. Even if we've spent years or decades failing to realize it. Life in all its fullness. It is found and it can only be found in Jesus. It is found and it can only be found in surrendering yourself to him. Your heart, your life. You're all. And he calls you. He invites you. He commands you. To do that today. This morning. Right here. Right now. That you might experience this abundant life. Jesus gives. Life in all its fullness. That you might live to the max. Not just today, not just this year, but forever. Amen. Our closing hymn is the updated version of Amazing Grace uh, with the chorus, My Chains Are Gone. We'll stand as the music plays and uh, then I invite you to remain standing at the end of this hymn for prayer and the benediction, the closing
O Lord, our God and our Father, we thank you for this hour that we've spent together uh, this morning worshipping you and hearing uh, your word. We pray that you would write your word upon our hearts by your gracious Holy Spirit and that we may not simply have heard a message about life uh, to the full, but that we might each one be given to experience this life in all its fullness, this life which can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ, but which he so freely offers to each and uh, to all. We pray that you would bless our uh, further time of informal fellowship together now as we have coffee and cake, as we catch up with one another, and as we seek to uh, do one another uh, good. And be with us throughout this day. Uh, Bless all that is done this afternoon and uh, this evening. May it all be for your glory. May it all be for our good. And may your smile rest upon us all. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.